Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks, and welcome to another episode of Season 7 of Wisdom of Friends. I'm your host, Cal Ross, and I'm delighted and excited to be introducing you to a good friend of mine. His name is Brad Yates, and Brad is known internationally for his creative and often humorous use of tapping, also known as EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. Brad is the author of the best-selling children's book, The Wizard's Wish, the co-author of the bestseller Freedom at Your Fingertips, and has been a featured expert in the film The Tapping Solution. He has also been a presenter at a number of events, including Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success, has done teleseminars with the secret stars Bob Doyle and Dr. Joe Vitale, and has been heard internationally on a number of radio talk shows. Brad has also well over 750 videos on YouTube that has been viewed over 21 million times, and he can be reached uh, through his website, which is uh, www.tapwithbrad.com. Friends, in this episode, uh, we talk about a host variety of topics, including living your best life and how to overcome any limiting beliefs that you may have using emotional freedom technique that we do a small demo during this episode. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's welcome Brad Yates. And then welcome to uh, the Wisdom of Friends show. I'm uh, really excited that you took the time to be on this program and uh, I'm really happy uh, to talk to you more about uh, your expertise and and really excited to hear more about uh, what you've been up to. So uh, one of the ways we kick off our show, Brad, is by asking our guest a simple yet profound question, and that is, what's your favorite quotation or philosophy that you live by, and how have you applied it to your life? Oh, probably the most important thing, I think, is for people to learn to love themselves because when we love ourselves then uh, and we allow ourselves to acknowledge how inherently great we are, then uh, we naturally see it in other people. <laughs> so when, uh, when I can feel good about myself, then I can look at you or anyone else and see what you guys can feel good about and, and point that out. Whereas if I am caught up in what I don't like about myself, then when I look at other people, I tend to see what they shouldn't like about themselves or what I don't like, and it just goes downhill. So, uh, so for me to, to, to clear out the reasons why I couldn't or shouldn't love myself and, and see the good in myself is a win-win opportunity. I completely agree with that. And I think uh, people who are inherently happy and joyous, they tend to make others happy around them. And and you see that in situations at work and relationships and social settings. There is, you know, people who have that joyous nature, people who are comfortable in their skin, that are happy with uh, their, themselves and, you know, who they are and have accepted themselves. They tend to, uh, 
you know, have this contagious, uh, positive energy about them. And I totally agree that that's such an important point. Uh, what I'm curious about, Brad, is uh, what did your parents do and how did that shape your life? And in other words, where did you grow up and how would you describe your childhood? Yeah, I had a, um, I had a good childhood. We, we traveled a bit, uh, moved around several times when I was younger. My dad had at first been um, an engineer with a with a firm, and then he left that to uh, to get his PhD and go into organizational um, behavior and uh, become a management consultant. So that was huge because his whole family had been in engineering, and that was like that's what you do. And so for him to say, this isn't who I am, this isn't what I want to do, and break free from that, then led him to always say to me, figure out who you want to be, do what you want to do, uh, which was a, a huge freedom. Uh, and of course, I, I took that freedom to then go get a degree in drama, which it's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I'm going to college to be an actor. Um, and nothing wrong with that. It was, but it's you know, a shock to parents sometimes. And uh, and my mom was a school teacher, among other things. After she, after a while, she stopped doing school teaching, and then she uh, did a lot of uh, fundraising and charity work. So um, awesome parents. Uh, I am. One of five children. I'm the second one, and I'm the only boy, which was interesting. <laughs> so, uh, when I was um, when I was in high school, my uh, my sophomore year, I had the opportunity to go to the very small boarding school that my dad had gone to when he was a kid, and uh, that was great because it was uh, you know at, at that point in time it was a little challenging having all these girls around. And so it was a, uh, to, to go away to school and try something different was, uh, was a great opportunity for me. So I was mostly up and down California. So I, was, I went back and forth mostly between uh, Southern and Northern California. No, that's so great. And it seems like <clears throat> I'm sure uh, your experience by pursuing the drama and acting major has definitely, uh, you know, uh, helped you in your uh, career as a public oh, speaker yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, and, yes. Because uh, having, having practiced on, you know, acting and, and doing comedy and being on camera um, really translated well into then uh, creating all the videos I have on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, I want to get to that here in a second. And for the benefit of the audience here, Brad Yates is known internationally for his creative and often humorous use of tapping, also known as uh, EFT or Emotional Freedom Techniques. He's also uh, the author of best-selling children's book, The Wizard's Wish, and the co-author of the bestseller, Freedom at Your Fingertips. And he's been featured uh, in the film, The Tapping Solution. And so that brings up another question, Brad, is, uh, you know, you've had this stellar career, if you will, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, helping people really uh, find freedom with their emotions. And so how did this uh, journey began for you? Did you know that this is the path that you wanted to take? Or was there a story behind it? Because oftentimes, it seems like uh, we get a lot of questions from our audience sometimes that, okay, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm successful, but I'm really not happy, but I need to kind of make that move to a different uh, path. And, uh, you know, so what would you, what, what's your story? We're really curious about that. 
how does a grown man find himself tapping on his face for a living? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always knew, Cal. You know, as even as a child, I would, you know, my, my parents would find me in my room tapping on my face, going, someday I'm going to do this on, <laughs> on a thing called the Internet that hasn't been invented yet. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, so I said I was an actor, and I had moved to Hollywood uh, after traveling the world doing theater, I'd gone to Hollywood to be a movie star, and while I was there, I uh, met a woman, fell in love, got married, and when our first child was on the way, I thought, you know, I should probably have a backup career. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, rather than getting a normal kind of job, I trained to become a hypnotherapist because I'd always been fascinated by the power of the mind and started doing that. And when our second child was on the way, a couple years later, I realized this is really what I'm meant to do, this personal development work, helping people move past their uh, their limiting beliefs and create the life they want, really felt like my calling. So left uh, we left Los Angeles, moved to Northern California, and through some other hypnotherapists, I heard about EFT and tapping and energy psychology. And when I learned this technique, I just fell in love with it. So little by little, my hypnosis sessions turned into tapping sessions. And then uh, a couple years later, uh, YouTube was created, and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if there was a tapping video that people could use first thing in the morning? And I called it Tap of the Morning, and that was all I ever intended to do. <laughs> <laughs> was one video. And then a few months later, uh, I thought, you know, I should have a tap of the evening so people could do a little tapping routine to end their day. And then a couple months later, had another idea, and then the ideas started coming, and now there's over 750 videos. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so great. And uh, yeah, and I've watched, uh, as I said earlier before uh, starting our interview here, that uh, your videos are really well received by the audience and uh, you know it's kind of like become synonymous with tapping and brad yates out there in the internet world if you will and uh, so kudos to you for really establishing this amazing brand and really helping people so uh here's another question that i'm kind of curious about is when you look back at your life up until now what would you say was that breakthrough success moment for you? And what I mean by that is, you know, we all have careers that have, you know, have been, have had ebb and flow or ups and downs, if you will. But there's always that turning point. In other words, life was never the same again moment. Is there a moment like that for you? Or were there many moments? Or if so, why? Oh, jeez, uh, Cal. There's so many. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, there have been a lot of, of great opportunities. For, I mean, one of them was I had a regular job, um, you know, when we moved up to Northern California and I, you know, we had a family. So I had to, uh, while I was building my practice, had to have um, a steady income. So I was an executive assistant and there, and I was moonlighting doing, uh, you know, doing sessions with clients in the evenings. And there came a day where I was really unhappy in my job, and uh, my boss was on a trip, and so I took the day off to um, be a chaperone on a um, on a field trip that my daughter's class was taking, and they were going they're going to a um, puzzle factory. <laughs> so that morning, uh, before the kids arrived, I, I got there before the bus arrived, and found out that something really bad had happened at work. And I knew that it was going to be really uncomfortable when my boss got back. 
And uh, I think, oh, great. So I go in, and, and the kids all gather, and they, this older guy who runs the puzzle factory sits down and said, so years ago I had a job I didn't like, and I decided I wasn't going to do something I didn't like anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there, and it's like the clouds parted, the light comes down and hits me. It's like, do you get it? <laughs> So uh, as soon as the field trip ended, I was on the phone to the company saying, all right, how do I uh, cash out my uh, 401k and stuff? And, <laughs> <laughs> and I made the decision that, you know, and it was not, it was not the, uh, the, the sort of graceful segue that I had hoped. Um, you know, I was hoping that I would just, you know, eventually be able to peacefully transition. But, but it was a wake-up call. And so that... Uh, and and it was great because that really put me on the line in terms of having to up level my uh, my practice, you know, because now it wasn't just something that's like oh I got a steady income and I'm just kind of doing this on the side. Now it's like this is this is my career, and that created the manifestation for the next big thing, which was um, an association with Dr. Joe Vitale, who was in the movie The Secret, and we created a, a program called Money Beyond Belief just before. The movie The Secret. <laughs> so, wow. so he became much more famous right after we had created this program, and so that was a, a real boon to uh, because that helped me get some more visibility. And uh, you know, it's all kinds of just you know allowing myself, you know, with the work that I do with with clearing um, limiting beliefs. Clearing my own has created all kinds of different opportunities, like then meeting Jack Canfield and having him invite me to come and speak on his stage, and uh, just all the all the great things that you know that, that that happen when when you allow yourself to say, "Okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm meant to do. I'm doing it." That's fantastic and very inspiring, dear uh, Brad. And I think. Uh, you know, what I'm hearing from your sharing here is a couple of things. One being that, you know, when we are able to like uh, burn the bridges and in a good way that you know, there's no going back and we totally focus on, a, you know, uh, the road ahead. I think that gives us the kind of like uh, momentum to pursue our dreams with, uh, you know, there are no other failures, not an option kind of a thing. And it seems like you had that focus uh, to really uh, zero in on your career and it's not anymore a side thing and you know that led to many other opportunities and uh, it seems like uh, a lot of serendipitous moments I believe and, uh, absolutely when one is committed providence moves too that's that great quote from W.H. Murray yes that's perfect that's perfect and uh, and yeah you mentioned Joe Vitale and uh, he's uh, definitely uh, somebody that I've read his books and uh, special and he's written a book that I don't know if a lot of people have heard of it's called spiritual marketing and it was uh, later uh, converted into a different book but I thought that was a really great book that he had written and uh, of course the that's secret. how we met was when because because that was the first book that he really put out and he uh, I, I my first email to him was hey you were you were offering this book and you were offering some um, some different uh, bonuses with it. One of the bonuses I'm really interested in, but I'm not interested in the book because I'm not interested in marketing. And his simple email back to me, his first email back was, it's not really about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he you know, retitled it Attractor Factor. Exactly. Yes, yes. I remember now. Yes, uh, because that book is <laughs> available unless you have a PDF coffee or something like that. But uh, no, that's, that's so great. And uh, so that 
uh, brings up another question, Brad. So, so you worked with uh, obviously uh, some of the greats in the self-help industry, uh, Jack Canfield, Joe Vitale. Now, growing up or during your early phase of your career, uh, were there any mentors that you looked up to that uh, you wanted to emulate? Anybody that made a difference in your life, your career that you want to give a shout out to? Well. Yeah, early on, when I even back when I was still an actor, I listened to um, Nightingale Conan programs. So I really enjoyed the work of uh, Earl Nightingale and Jack Hanfield and Brian Tracy and uh, these these different guys who um, were doing that early uh, self development work. Uh, Bob Proctor. So that kind of thing. What really started me is um, a book called Illusions by Richard Bach, mm. who also wrote Jonathan Lewinson Siegel. So I, my dad gave me that book when I was 15, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome law of attraction kind of book. And, uh, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but that's really what started me on the path. It was years later that the, the effect that that book had on me that got me into personal development work. And it's been very interesting to talk to people, several people from the movie The Secret, like uh, Joe Vitale and Mike Dooley and Bob Doyle, who all say, oh, yeah, Illusions was the book that really got me started, too. <laughs> Well, that's great. No, yeah, Jonathan Livington Siegel. I mean, that's one of my favorite books that I read a long, long time ago. I do have illusions on my reading list and probably get to it soon. Uh, so uh, the other thing, uh, I want to switch gears here and uh, talk to you about your hobbies and interests. What do you enjoy doing now that uh, when you have your free time? Any particular interests <laughs> that you follow passion-wise or <laughs> – uh, free time? What is free? No, I, I, have, I have lots of free time, and I'm about to have a lot more. Our daughter is uh, going off to college next week, so uh, we're going to be empty nesters. Um, so I, I play soccer. I um, I am learning to play the saxophone. Oh, nice. <laughs> so uh, nice. I'm looking at one of my saxophones right now. That's uh, something that when I when I have the chance um, – I, I dabble in, and I, you know, I, I just, I, but I love. Fortunately, my job is uh, is is a hobby too. Um, so, you know, creating videos is uh, is a hobby, and and coming up with ways of, oh, hey, here's another thing that would shift um, uh, behavior and beliefs. Someone once said, "How do you come up with all these ideas for tapping videos?" And I said, um, "By being human." <laughs> <laughs> by by having these things come up or just by observing and so uh you know just thinking of 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 ways to uh for for myself and others to evolve is is, is just sort of a fun pastime no that's great and what about have you pursued acting on the sites again or plan to do that <laughs> you know every so often there's that thought of you know, wouldn't it be fun to to have a you know to do something, maybe do some uh, some local theater? Yeah, but I haven't. Uh, it, it's something that I haven't felt that I wanted to take the time because mm. it is a, a time investment. That it's like you know, when, maybe at some point, you know, and if somebody came along and uh, said, "Oh, hey, uh, we'd love to put you in our movie," and it would be, and it sounds like it would be fun, then then I might do it at that point. But it's. Uh, it, this is the, I, I'm so fulfilled in what I do 
that and and actually I get to do a lot of acting in my um, in my videos and in my live workshops. I have an audience, so uh, I get to have all the fun of acting without the trouble of learning lines. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can improvise as you go along. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, the other thing is, uh, any other books besides Illusions that uh, you would like to recommend to our audience? Anything that comes to your mind? Oh my goodness! You should have prepped me on this one, Cal. Um, you know, recently the the one that I've been reading right now is uh, the autobiography of Ben Franklin. Oh, that's great! Just really interesting. It's just uh, interesting to uh, to hear his life. You know, we, we so many of us have heard bits and pieces of his life story, but to hear him narrating it from his point of view. Uh, and and in his own words is uh, is very very entertaining. Um, that was uh, and that was I, I was referred to that by um, my friend Dave Meltzer, who has a book called um, "Connected to Goodness," mm. which is another recent book. Um, uh, Byron Katie's "The Work" or, or "Loving What Is" is actually the the book. Um, oh my goodness, there's so many. So many great books. Uh, you know, a lot of um, Wayne Dyer's books. Love Wayne Dyer's books. Well, definitely a big fan of his as well. Uh, great, excellent. And we'll include these in the show notes uh, for the benefit of the audience. And uh, now, here's a hypothetical uh, question for you, Brad. And this is, uh, having had uh, experienced the ebb and flow of life and been through different phases of the career, and so what would you say... <clears throat> Uh, your definition of a successful life or a good life? Being able to finding what you really enjoy doing and giving yourself the freedom to do it and and being able to make a difference, being able to be of service. Uh, I, I don't think that you can have true success without being of service. So uh, that that to me, um, you know, getting getting feedback from from folks saying what a difference my work has made for them is uh, is really to me one of the key parts of success. Just having that acknowledgement of okay, I'm up to something good. I'm uh, I'm earning I'm earning my right to be here, <laughs> <laughs> um, as it were, and uh, and it, it just that just feels good. So I mean. Ultimately, it's it's being able to feel really good at a at all kinds of levels is success. And you know, money can factor into that because uh, there's a lot of cool things you can do with money. But uh, but I don't think it's a it's a number because we can allow ourselves to experience so much of that success uh, at at any financial level. There's that great quote from Emerson about what it means to be a success. You know to uh, to, you know the the last part of it being to know that one life has breathed easier because you were here. That mm. is to be a success. I like that. No, that's great. It's uh, really uh, doing what you love to do and then uh, being of service and uh, being happy at the cellular level, if you will, at the deepest levels. I really like that. Uh, and follow up to that is, and let's take a hypothetical situation here. If you could go back in time, Brad, and talk to your young self. You know, your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? <clears throat> oh, you know, that's a tough question because 
I really like where I'm at now, and I've gotten to where I'm at because of everything that has happened. <laughs> and so, no, even that's, the, that's even a good the, response. Yeah. Even the big mistakes that I've made, it's like, oh, they're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it goes along with the uh, Byron Katie's loving what is. It's like you know, being a lover of reality, and and what has happened has been reality. So, I mean, I could certainly say, you know, hey, work a little bit harder. <laughs> You know, study study a little harder work. Put in a little, be be more disciplined. Um, but you know, sometimes I think if I were to give myself some advice at a younger age, would I have done something differently? You know, like I could uh, say, gee, if I had done this differently, I would have had, I I might have had the successful acting career that I wanted, uh, that I had thought that I wanted. And yet at this point, I would say I, I wouldn't trade that because as much as I loved acting, this is, uh, I, you know, I found something that I feel so much more fulfilled in. And not that, there, not that acting can't be fulfilling. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't the, that wasn't the, um, the end point for me. So I don't know that I would have uh, found this if it hadn't been for that. <clears throat> no, that's so great. And uh and, and I'm just curious about this question, too, and this is something that we all deal with, but nobody really talks about it, is was there a point during your acting career that you, you know, you knew that, okay, this is, I need to make a change here, this is not working out, but, you know, at the same time, we have these dreams that, you know, we want to accomplish, we really are magnificently obsessed about it, like Napoleon Hill's uh, you know, book on Think and Grow Rich and things like that. So we put in all the heart and the efforts into it. But there comes a time where we say that, okay, this is not working out. I got to take a different route to uh, my destination. Was there a moment for you when you decided to do that? Or how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, well, the first one was uh, when my wife had a bun in the oven. Hmm. <laughs> I realized <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, you know, have a, have a steady income, um, and then and then it was a, a gradual thing of when the when our second child was on the way, and it was interesting because I had um, at that point I had was building my hypnotherapy practice and was really enjoying doing that. And I had an opportunity to meet with a with a really good agent, and he said, "You know what, Brad? I've got." He says, "I think you're great. I I, I would love to. Um, I, I think you could do really well. But I've got six guys like just like you right now that I'm trying to get work for." And uh, and I realized, and I had actually even before having the meeting with him, I realized. If he, you know, if he, this guy could really help my career, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, maybe it's time to move on, and maybe this, uh, this is the the next path for me to do the hypnotherapy. And it was really a, a great um, shift because I was doing a, I was actually doing a show in L.A. at the time, and I was still taking acting classes from uh, from uh, from a teacher, and. It was so funny because when I allowed myself to step away from it being my career, mm -hmm. I was the best actor I've ever been. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, I was I did <laughs> was so great in the show. Um, I had a I had hypnotherapy client who was actually a Tony Award winning actor, 
And he came to the show, and a Tony Award-winning actor said, "You are an effing great actor, man." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and my teacher was saying, "Wow, something's really shifted." It's like, yeah, because I've let go of the need to be an actor. I didn't. It was the first play I'd been in that I didn't invite any anyone from the industry to come see me in because it didn't matter. I wasn't doing it as a stepping stone. It was just I'm on stage and I'm loving the the process and loving sharing this and um. And it was a great a great freedom to be able to uh, to make peace with that and know okay my my professional life is uh, is somewhere else. No, that is such a beautiful metaphor, and uh, it's it's being in the moment, and you know when you let go of uh, trying to get somewhere, you can fully be present, and that just makes uh, things so much better. Uh, yeah. Now that's great, and. So, uh, talking about metaphors, and we talked about this earlier, one of the metaphors that you like to use in your uh, practice is the David and Michelangelo's metaphor. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, and maybe we can segue into EFT? Yeah, absolutely. So, years ago, I in taking an art history class, when I was first introduced to the sculpture of the David, I thought, ah, that's so magnificent. It was instantly my favorite piece of art and and some years later when i was actually a traveling actor i went to italy and i got to see the david for the first time but it wasn't until years later that uh i was thinking about how michelangelo said of his statues the statue is already there inside the marble perfect all i have to do is chip away what doesn't belong to reveal the masterpiece that's inside and that just hit me as the perfect metaphor for the work that uh, that I do with uh, tapping. We're we're tapping away the misconceptions like I'm not good enough or I'm unworthy or the guilt, the fear, the anger, all of this stuff that's the that hides our true magnificent self, our most successful self, our happiest self, our healthiest self is already inside us, perfect, waiting to be revealed. And we're just tapping away what doesn't belong to reveal that. So that's, that's why I have I have Davids all around my office. On every wall of my office, I've either got a, a sculpture or a picture or something. And uh, so that's that's how I look at people: is that that masterpiece is already inside. How what do we need to to remove to to chip away that doesn't actually belong? No, that's beautiful. And. Uh I understand you just made a recent trip to Italy and you had a chance and opportunity to look at the actual masterpiece. What was that feeling like for you when you saw it for the first time and what did you experience? Well, so this was this was actually the second time. I had, mm. I'd seen it when, uh, 30 years ago back when I was an actor. And um, so it was really, it was so funny because the day before we uh, we went to see it, my wife was like, "All right, prepare me. Are you going to cry when you see it?" <laughs> <laughs> and I actually I sh- I actually shot a little video when I when I first walked into the room because we got there first thing in the morning. We were one of the first people in, and uh, and you know I thought you know it actually actually I'm pretty cool. I'm going to be calm. And as soon as I walked in, just a wave of emotion uh, came over me, and I and I shot a quick little. Um, video of that for uh for facebook and it was you know it was i mean it had been spectacular when i'd seen it before i'd always been in love with it but but after all this time where i've been using it as the metaphor for my work to then um see it again and and again be one of the first people in there was able to just get up close and it was the funny thing was it was just i i i couldn't take my eyes off and and you know back back in the day when i first saw it, it was long before cell phones 
so now I had uh, my cell phone, and I was there. It's like I just wanted to keep taking pictures of it to preserve that moment, as mm. as if that could do. So, and it was like leaving even leaving the uh the museum it's like i kept turning back to look at it. it's like i, I want to hang on to this <laughs> <laughs> no that's so. so great so great uh i'm talking about your uh practice here and uh, this is a perfect segue into it and the question is what is emotional freedom technique eft that's popularly called and what are the origins of that yeah, so um, so EFT or or tapping, and a lot of people might be going. Yeah, he keeps talking about tapping. What does he mean? <laughs> um, so it was originally um, created by. It comes from the work of Dr. Roger Callahan, who is a psychotherapist, and he had been working with this one client uh, who had a lifelong fear of water, and doing she had been to all kinds of therapists throughout her life, you know, about 40 years, couldn't, uh, you know, everything was difficult. Taking a shower was was impossible, just, uh, you know, so bathing was difficult for her. And after a year with him, the best he could do doing his uh, traditional techniques was she could sit near a swimming pool looking away from it, but even that was kind of difficult, but it was better than what she'd been able to do before. And he had expanded his horizons, had been taking a class on acupressure. So acupressure, acupuncture, you know, for thousands of years in Chinese medicine, they've said there's this flow of energy through the body along these pathways called meridians. And when this energy is flowing naturally, we experience our natural state of health and well-being physically and emotionally. And when this energy gets stuck for some reason, we don't feel so good. So... Learning what he uh, taking what he had learned about this, he, he said, "Okay, when you think about water, what do you experience?" And she said, "Well, the the biggest uh, physical experience is a knot in my stomach." And he said, "Okay, so the the end point for the the meridian associated with the stomach is right under the eye. Let's uh, let's tap here for a moment, and just tapping under her eye for a moment." She said, "Oh, wow, it's gone." And he said, what's gone? And she goes, the fear. And she runs out the house towards the swimming pool. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, he, and he's running after her saying, wait, stop. She goes, no, it's okay. I, I know that I don't know how to swim. But she got down in front of the water and splashed water in her face and just felt no discomfort. And so Dr. Callahan thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, started experimenting with different uh, clients. And found for, for him, he was finding that with different issues that they were experiencing, he needed to tap different um, acupressure points in different sequences. And he called this thought field therapy. And then he, uh, within a year, he put himself out of business because all of his clients now felt so good they no longer needed to call him on a weekly basis. <laughs> so, so he started teaching this process. And one of his first students was a gentleman named Gary Craig. And Gary had a degree in engineering from Stanford, and so thinking like an engineer, he said, okay, rather than um, rather than spending all this time trying to figure out which points to tap, there were eight points that they were tapping at this point, why, why not just tap all eight points in a row? Because it, it takes less time to tap all the points than to try to figure out which particular points to tap. And so he called this new format uh, EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. And it's been growing and spreading. And when I when I first was introduced to it, 
I what really sold me on it was he had us tapping on chocolate cravings. And I was a bit of a chocoholic at the time, and he gave everybody Hershey's Kiss. Said, on a scale of 0 to 10, how much do you want that? So I was like about an 8 or a 9. And after a few moments of tapping, I had about as much interest in the chocolate as I did in the foil wrapper. Mm. I, could, I couldn't eat it. And in fact, I didn't eat chocolate for two years after that moment. So that, uh, that kind of sold me on what a powerful technique this was. No, that's great. And then I understand that it can also be uh, used to address sadness, anxiety, anger, and pain. Is that correct? Yeah, all these uncomfortable emotions come from the standpoint that it's these uncomfortable emotions are disturbances in uh, that energy field. So as we balance out our energy, then we, uh, we, we naturally feel better. We can also look at that as, as stress relief at its most basic. And we have you know, scientific evidence that tapping is most effective forms of stress relief. So when, when we get stressed out, when the, um, you know, the amygdala in our brain responds to a threat and puts us into fight or flight, and our prefrontal cortex, where all of our creative, uh, clear thinking is, basically shuts down, <laughs> we... Um, one of, the, one of the things that happens is cortisol gets pumped through our body. It's a stress hormone. Mm -hmm. So in one lab study, they did a double-blind study, and the group that did tapping, their cortisol levels dropped by an average of 24%, some as much as 50%. That was a remarkable enough result that the lab technicians actually threw out the first batch thinking something must have gone wrong because that couldn't happen. <laughs> and then they ran it again and found out, wow, that really did. Tapping really did have that significant an effect on stress relief. So when we look at stress is either the creator or uh, either creates or worsens most of our physical and emotional um, upsets, disturbances, then to have something that can so effectively clear stress naturally brings down our uncomfortable emotions like anger and sadness and fear, it naturally helps us to experience less physical pain because um, that stress is such a contributing factor to, to the pain. So when we look at it, if we were to say, okay, it's simply a stress relief technique, that, would, that alone could explain why it's so phenomenal in terms of of, of reducing and even eliminating those. And when we look then at the other things like being more successful in terms of our health, being more successful in terms of our careers, what stops us from, from being more successful is stress. We have resistance to doing the things that we could do because we have a stress response, a lot of times it's just simply a fear of change at a, at a very unconscious level. So if we have a tool then that can reduce that stress, then that sets us free to do things that we weren't able to do before, which allows us to create things we couldn't create before. That is uh, fascinating. And uh, is that something that we could demo it on the call here for perhaps uh, because I know uh, most of the folks in the corporate uh, world, if you will, uh, deal with high pressure stress situations. And yeah. perhaps that might be a way around it that they could quickly apply within the next three to five minutes and, you know, try this on and and uh, see the results for themselves and find out more about it. 
That would that would be awesome because I know that I, I know a lot of your audience are very successful folks, and it's like you have everything, but you might have a lot of stress along with that. And so to really have everything, if you could let go of that stress, what would be possible? <laughs> you know, what is that stress costing you? And there are a lot of great things for for relieving stress, like meditating and exercise and things like that. But in the moment when stress happens, tapping is a very simple tool, as as I'll show you. So uh, the only the only downside to tapping for some people is that it does look a little silly when you first do it. <laughs> <laughs> because we are literally going to be tapping with our fingertips on different places around the face and torso. The, the same kind of places where an acupuncturist would stick a needle. But no needles. All you got to do is gently tap these points and for some people it's like that looks weird but the results are so worth it and that's why high level executives um olympic and super bowl winning um athletes are using this people at the highest levels of achievement are using this because it's such an effective tool so so um the very basic thing is go ahead and take your um index and middle finger of your right hand and with the fingertips, gently tap on the side of your left hand, so what we call the karate chop point. So if you'd imagine, you know, using a karate chop to break mm -hmm. some boards, that, that edge of your hand right between your wrist and pinky. And so with your fingertips, just gently tap in there. And generally, we'll tap between five and ten times. As we're doing the process, we'll often be saying certain phrases. And so if the phrase is a little bit longer, we might be tapping a point 20 times. It's okay. It's not an exact science of, well, if you do it more than five to ten times, it doesn't work. Um, the, the tapping you're doing is, is always beneficial for um, down-regulating the stress response. It, uh, it reduces that, that ar arousal. And so, as we, um, so you can be doing the tapping even without saying any words. It's just that when we say certain phrases, uh, we can make it more effective. But you can say affirmations, you can be saying prayers uh, and tapping, and it's going it to have that benefit of calming ourselves down. So we'll use the example of stress. So uh, for everyone listening, go ahead and at the moment, allow yourself to be aware of how much stress you might be feeling at the moment. Rate it on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being, oh my God, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and uh, notice what physical symptoms there might be, maybe a, a knot in your stomach, it may be a tightness in your shoulders, just allowing yourself to be aware of, of what's there. So gently tapping the side of your hand and uh so cal if you'll be my echo voice and repeat back what i say okay. and everyone else just uh you know taking full responsibility for your own well-being because um you know emotional stuff can come up as we're tapping but it's a very gentle process and it should help um reduce any uh, discomfort so uh, tap it on the side of the hand and say even though i feel this stress even though i feel this stress I choose to love and accept myself. I choose to love and accept myself. Even though I feel this stress. Even though I feel this stress. I choose to love and accept myself. I choose to love and accept myself. Even though I feel this stress. Even though I feel this stress. I choose to love and accept myself. I choose to love and accept myself. Let you say it three times, and that just sort of helps to create a, a space to, to do this work. The next point we're going to tap is our eyebrow point. So this is right at the beginning of the eyebrow just about the middle of your face, above your nose, and just gently tap in there and say, all this stress. 
All distress. I'll follow in your eyebrow to the uh, side of your eye, the corner of your eye socket. Tap in there and say, all distress. All distress. And then following the edge of the eye socket to right under the middle of your eye, just above your cheek. All distress. All distress. Right under your nose, just above your upper lip. All distress. All distress. Then just below your lower lip, um, just above your chin. All distress. All distress. Then uh, the collarbone point, if you feel where your collarbones just about come together, there's a little U-shape at the base of your throat, go ahead and make a fist and tap right there where the collarbones are coming together and say, all distress. All distress. Then about four inches below your armpit, using all your fingertips and tapping right there. That's right about bra strap level, and I'm sure even guys can figure out where that is. (laughs) All distress. All distress. And then finally, the top of the head, and using all of your fingertips, tapping around little circles around the crown of your head, and say, all this stress. All this stress. Take a deep breath. And uh, close your eyes and check in with yourself, and just rate your level of stress again on a scale of 0 to 10. And for most folks, that number will come down. Sometimes it goes from a 10 to a 0 like that. Sometimes it goes from an 8 down to a 7.95, <laughs> and then uh, and it takes several rounds. You know, because there are times when the tapping is so effective so quickly, we expect that it should happen instantly. Sometimes it's a lot slower. So when we tap and we say, well, I'm not noticeably feeling better, it doesn't mean it didn't work. That's like if, um, if we decide we want to get in better shape and we're doing sit-ups. We don't do three sit-ups and then say, hmm, I don't have a six-pack. Obviously, sit-ups don't work. <laughs> It, it may take a few more sit-ups to get there. Yep. So, no, I mean I I feel really good uh, having done this in just a few minutes. It's uh, kind of like a calm, peaceful wave, if you will. Uh, just seems to have uh, engulfed me right now. So, I mean, I'm sure people, uh, other people, would have different experiences, but uh, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, this was definitely uh, positive. Yeah, and that's the very basic version of it. So. You know, so people can take that, and you can just experiment, and you can, and you can even just tap one point at different times. Don't worry about you know it, remembering the sequence, and uh, and just try it. When you start to feel yourself feeling stressed out, you know, tap that. And and uh, like I said, I've got hundreds of videos on YouTube where I talk about. Uh, I, I use all kinds of different wording talking about what might be behind the stress. And as you went through that, even just doing that, um, because tapping is like peeling the layers of the onion, you may have come up with uh, different thoughts of, oh, I know what I'm stressed out about. It's because I've got that report due, and uh, if I don't get it done, I'm going to be in trouble. And then as you tap some more, you might go, you know, it's not even about that report. That reminds me of a book report I had in the fourth grade, and I got in trouble that you've been holding on to for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. <laughs> and, and with the tapping, you can clear stress that you've been holding on to for decades. And it's, it's amazing the, the freedom that you can give yourself and, you know, and, and set yourself free to achieve levels of happiness and success you didn't even know that you could achieve because you've had these unconscious stressors hanging on in there. No, that is great. And so really, I mean, in a nutshell, from what, what, I, what I'm tracking you say is, you know, there are basically uh, eight meridians in the body when the energy is flowing naturally, we experience this natural state of well-being in body and mind. 
And if it gets stuck somehow, then we don't feel so good. So yeah. the tapping is a way of letting the energy flow through your entire body. And I think uh, that is uh, that is what uh, causes these you know amazing results for people. So no, yeah. that's great. And we'll include uh, some of the YouTube videos uh, Brad's talking about in our show notes so that people can actually watch him do the demo. Uh, and kind Excellent. Of, so that Excellent. you can find out more about it. And so, have more fun with it. I have a, some of the go- videos are even goofy because it's uh, it's the spoonful of medicine that helps the medicine go down. So there's there's actually uh, far more than than eight meridians, but those are just the we we find that just tapping these endpoints on these um, meridians hmm. um, is effective. There's a you know there there are a lot of other techniques where people tap different points, and you know I always say to people, hey, experiment, find what works best for you. Now, is this something that can be uh, utilized as a daily practice, or uh, can it be? Does it need to be done only when you need it, or what would you recommend? And what, what I'm talking about that, what what would you say are your own daily morning and evening rituals as it pertains to uh, hypnotherapy or EFT? Is that something that you do as a daily practice to keep yourself in your peak state? A- absolutely, I highly recommend tapping as a part of your daily practice because it's it's energy hygiene you know we have we have physical hygiene most of us brush our teeth and bathe on a daily basis whether we need it or not we don't wait until the people around us are holding their nose to for us to go oh okay now I, now i should take a shower you know we don't wait until we're looking in the mirror and seeing green stuff growing from between our teeth and say oh okay now i should brush my teeth um we just we do it as a part of our maintenance. So with stress and other uncomfortable emotions, we we so often don't have any kind of, of hygiene practice for that. And it builds up until the point where we're really – there's really some harm that can come to ourselves and others if we behave in harmful ways because of that stress and those uncomfortable emotions. So to have a daily practice of clearing that stuff out just just as a matter of our own emotional and physical well-being but then also on the level of continuing to clear away that stuff that uh, that hides the masterpiece in terms of the the Michelangelo process that stuff that we don't know is is stopping us from being even more successful no matter how successful you might be right now you don't know what might be stopping you from an even greater level of success. So to have a daily process of clearing that stuff out. So yeah, tapping is, I do a little bit of tapping the first thing in the morning just to sort of clear out whatever I might be hanging on to. I, I don't wait until there's something that I know is bothering me. Although if something is bothering me, I definitely do then do some tapping because <laughs> uh, I decide, hey, I don't want to hang on to this anymore. Um, but you know, it's part of my morning routine of doing some meditation, doing some exercise, and uh, journaling and and tapping. All part of my morning routine. No, it's fantastic, and I like the analogy that you use in terms of you know it's uh, you know we don't know what we don't know, and in terms of you know what is possible, what is what else can we, what's the next level we can get to, uh, you know, if we don't know what we don't know, and I think this can really create a clearing. And in a way that provides a blank canvas, and within a blank canvas, anything is possible. And uh, this really uh, seems to be uh, one of the modalities that can help you, uh, do, you know, create that clearing. So that's that's really great. Uh, 
switching gears here, and uh, we're going to move on to our rapid fire round. And this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm tapping. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brad, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of fun questions. It's the first response that comes to your mind. Uh, we may not be able to get through all of them in the interest of time, but uh, we'll try to get to as many as we can. So my first question to you, Brad, is: Are you ready? All right. Yes. Yes, I am. Did I get that one right? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> okay, the first question for you, uh, who's your favorite music band? Oh, David Bowie. Mm. And uh, what color is most uh, prevalent in your wardrobe? Is it a conscious choice or an irresistible pull? Ah, uh, I really love green. Mm. Natural color, green, nature. Uh, yeah. Whose brain would you like to pick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I always wanted to talk to, well, David Bowie and Wayne Dyer, but they both left before I could do so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, I, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> so, so many, so many names are, 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 are rushing in. Um, I, and everybody has something interesting to say, so I... Oh, we'll pass on that. We'll yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy tapping into every, picking everybody's brains. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in magic? Yes. And I know you're a history buff, so let me ask you this. If you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the first thing that pops to mind is the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Mm. That's great. What are the five most important things in life, according to you? Uh, love, laughter, health, um, fun. Uh, laughter and fun, they kind of go together. Um, interesting or beautiful experiences. Mm, I like that. And then if you could ask God one question, what would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Just one? <laughs> How am I doing so far? <laughs> I know, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> you know, because ultimately that's, I can't be responsible for anything else. It's like, am I, am I, am I doing what I'm meant to be doing? And uh, so. No, it's good. That, and then uh, one final question within the rapid fire round, and that is, if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Love yourself. Ah, like that. Great. And then are we going to move into our final section? I've just got the last three questions for you, Brad. The first one is, what is your current personal business passion project that you're working on, and what are you looking forward to in the next six months to a year from now? Oh, I... Probably the thing that I love the most is doing workshops, um, and I hope to do uh, to do more. So, you know, I have I have some coming up um, around the U.S. and Australia, uh, going back to Europe next year. Uh, that that to me is being able to to be on the stage and have an audience. Uh, that's fun, but also to have that that immediate. Um, that connection with people in doing this work is is the most fun and the, where I get the greatest joy. Um, but also coming up with 
with new new videos, new programs, and just coming up with new ways of here's something that would would help people be even more free to be happier, healthier, wealthier, whatever it is that they want. And just I just love finding ways to to help people move past whatever is uh, limiting them. That's uh, great. Uh, the second question I have for you is: What are the three things you're grateful for in life? Oh, again, only three. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 one, two, and three is uh, my wife, my son, and my daughter. Um, but family, um, my health, uh, opportunities. I am so blessed with opportunities to to be of service in ways that are fun and that I love and uh, that allow me to have a really nice lifestyle. Um, I'm just so grateful for the opportunities that life gives me. No, it's so great. And I want to acknowledge you, Brad, for really uh, a few things here. One is uh, just your incredible uh, passion for helping people uh, become the best version of themselves and and you're doing this with a sense of humor you're doing this uh, with a passion for the arts and really uh, being a student of life and learning along as you as you go through life and it's so incredible that uh, you know what you've accomplished and in spite of all the ups and downs and challenges that you've encountered but uh, it's such a example for all of us to see that uh, you know, there is always uh, a way to make a difference, and you do that daily. So, thank you, Brad. Oh, thank you, Gal. <laughs> I have to tap, tap so I don't get verklempt. And, and, and likewise, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this opportunity to share this work. I'm so grateful that I, that I get to be able to, to spread the word and, and reach folks who might not have heard of, of this simple technique and this way of living life in a, in a more joyful and successful way. Absolutely, and it's my pleasure, and I appreciate that. And one final question, and this is how we wrap up all our interviews, and that is, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? <laughs> because cause you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, and you, uh, you know, seen from the, the I, I know some of some of the other people that who've been on your show, so you're you're attracting people who have awesome stuff to share. And uh, and people should listen because they deserve to to get the the wisdom coming from their friends. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I appreciate that again. And Brad, thank you so much for your time and uh, and uh, amazing generosity and contribution to our audience here. And I appreciated our conversation. And for those of us listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Carla Ras. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to wisdomoffriends.net to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. We hope you'll pass along our web address, wisdomoffriends.net, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archives section on the website for previous episodes and subscribe on iTunes, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank Thank you. you. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of The Wisdom of Friends.